today on City Cash Chicago. Since it landed in Chicago back in 2005, Lollapalooza has gone from a smaller two-day fest in Grand Park to a full-on multi-day takeover of the Loop, other neighborhoods, and the CTA. Hundreds of thousands of people descend on downtown. Streets are closed, and the park becomes a muddy mess. The city continues to say Lala is this huge economic engine, but some Chicagoans just want it gone. And new reporting from the Chicago Tribune shows it might not be leaving anytime soon because of a contract extension negotiated in secret. The park district had redacted who had signed on to that contract extension, so we don't even know who authorized that extension. We talked to reporters Tracy Swartz and A.D. Quigg. It's Wednesday, July 27th. I'm Jacoby Cochran, and this is CityCast Chicago. As I said, Lala has been here since 2005. Tracy, I'm going to start with you. Do you remember your first Lollapalooza experience, and what was it like? Yes, I was just talking about this with someone. I've been doing Lala, I've been covering Lala for so long. My first uh, was when I was a reporter for Red Eye. It was 2007. I was pretty new to the city and I'd only started working at the paper maybe three or four months before. The paper had given us flip phones to uh, use to cover the events. And I remember we, there was three, there were three reporters. We each took a day and I had the Sunday. And so in between Pearl Jam performances, I was calling in quotes uh, to the main desk at the Tribune Tower. Um, I've covered Lollapalooza most years. Since then, the technology has gotten better. The, the festival has expanded. The crowds, you know, have trended younger. But yeah, I've, I've managed to watch the evolution of this festival over more than a decade. How, how big was it when it first started in 2005? Was it the behemoth that we know now? Not at all. Not at all. It, I, I would have to look exactly how many people attended. But at that time, I think it was under uh, a nonprofit. The, the organizers were nonprofits. And um, so that shows you uh, how much it has grown since then. But, you know, my early recollections of 2007 were it was a lot easier to walk around the park then uh, than it has been the last few years. Um, AD, when was your first Lala experience? And can you give us a little bit of history of why it landed in Chicago in 2005? My first and only Lala was in 2019. Okay. Uh, I had a friend who had free, insane VIP tickets because she works in the food and beverage industry. Come on, if it ain't free, it ain't me. Unlimited iced coffee and Rosé in pictures, and it was Ariana Grande and Casey Musgraves' day. Hey, paint so the I picture. Was, I was in a jumpsuit, and things were great, but I also felt very, very old. Very old. <laughs> um, yeah, the kids, the kids much, much cooler than me. A lot of, like, silver bikinis and stuff. Okay. Um, yeah, there's a whole aesthetic for festivals, right? Yes, absolutely. Um, so, like you said, uh, Lala came here in 2005 and is only expanded since then um, under Mayor Rahm Emanuel. He promised that he would uh, basically select an outside negotiator to handle everything Lala. That never happened. Yeah, of course not. Um, of course not. Uh, so it, it, it's expanded in secrecy. Uh, in 2016, uh, it expanded to a fourth day without ever, without public discussion. Uh, similarly, this this one-year contract extension beyond this, the 10-year contract that was negotiated during the Emanuel administration was also done in secret. And 
uh, Tracy filed a FOIA when she got it back. The park district had redacted who had signed on to that mm-hmm. contract extension. So we don't even know who authorized that extension. And we're not hearing anything today about what the negotiations look like and all the people that you think might know uh, who would be involved in the negotiations, including aldermen and parks groups, are not aware of what's going on either. Tracy, when we're looking at the people behind Lala now, um, who is that corporation and how has that lended to this expansion over the last few years? So the company that puts on Lollapalooza is a company called C3 Presents. And it used to be three guys named Charlie. Um, One guy has since left. So I guess it's more like C2 uh, Presents. Um, And they're based in Austin, Texas. And they put on um, other festivals. Uh, You know, and Lollapalooza has grown. So while the Chicago home base is Grant Park, the company that runs it is based out of Texas. And they're and they're concert promoters and they do all sorts of stuff elsewhere. AD, I wanted to ask you, um, when we look at Lollapalooza, you know, the city is constantly talking about how much it brings in terms of economics. What did that look uh, what did that look like last year in 2021? And how what expected impact is that um, going to have on the city this year? So C3 says Lala has generated more than $305 million in local economic impact. That was for last year and nearly $2 billion since 2010. So not just people going directly to the show, but think of everyone that comes to town specifically to go for it. Um, Hotels, restaurants, shopping, uh, people using the train, coming in on Metro RCTA. Um, hanging out, spending money in the city for maybe days that they're not going to the concert. How are they um, measuring that? Are, are the businesses and CTA, are they able to support this, that around the time of Lala, we see this, you know, this impact beyond, you know, what's just happening in Grand Park? Well, I mean, I think that that would be something that we'd want to see in a, ne- in a, a new contract is an independent review of how much money has been generated for the city. Um, you know, Lollapalooza. I mean, this is uh, a big time uh, for the city. I mean, this especially for recovery uh, from the pandemic. Can the restaurants and uh, hotels handle them? Yes. The question is, is the problem is, is they can't handle it when there's like a weather evacuation and all the people flood onto Michigan Avenue. And, you know, we learned last year, um, it was really underscored for us, but we've, you know, we've always sort of known that the the train stations get really jammed. It's unfortunate for the people who don't aren't going to Lollapalooza and just want to use the CTA at night to get home or get wherever they're going. And, um, you know, last year, those pictures circulated of all those people jammed into those CTA trains, into those stations. Um, you're looking at the red line around like Harrison and stuff, and it really overwhelms the system. I've been to a few street festivals this summer, um, across the city, whether it was over in Humble Park, whether it was up in Roscoe Village, you know, things in my own neighborhood down here in Hyde Park. Um, and, and I'm always considering like, man, this is really in somebody's neighborhood. This is both cool. This is a great activity. But damn, what are the people who live down there? What are they saying about how it impacts their experience? So I listened into a community meeting that Alderwoman Sophia King had with uh, a guy named Tuba Smith from C3. Uh, a park district representative and neighbors who are basically had an opportunity to ask C3 questions directly. And a lot of them were older residents who had moved downtown uh, kind of close-ish to South Loop, like the southern end of Grant Park, um, before 
Lollapalooza had set up shop and they were like, this is a complete, this is a complete nuisance. It's so loud for four days. Think about how many stages there are at Lala. Um, Eight. Jesus. And they set. Oh, nine. nine <laughs> Come on. Nine this year. And like Tracy mentioned, they set up uh, weeks in advance, which cuts off some access to Grant Park. Um, so we heard, I heard folks, you know, complaining about not being able to walk their dog where they normally did, not being able to walk down the street, uh, on that weekend and do their normal weekend routine. Um, having all of their flower boxes ruined by folks like drunk folks basically coming by and wrecking stuff, um, using alleyways as bathrooms and as their own trash cans. Um, older people who were like, I can't rest i can't have a conversation with my family during that weekend because the, the sound is so loud one woman called it loudapalooza and she said she measured the decibel level in her own living room and said it was 87 decibels um and that a bunch of people just pick up and for people who not people in the audio world to, what does that mean 87 decibels la- loud <laughs> loud loud as hell um <laughs> yeah i mean is there anything that can be done about that it's it's a huge festival is there's something going on in current contracts that takes into account the experience of of the people who live around that when you go into the festival and we'll have to see how it changes this year because this is now coming just a few weeks after the highland park shooting you know whether there are security changes that's not something um, that the festival organizers or the park district are open about. But there are a lot of security officers there, police officers there within the footprint of Grant Park. Now, if neighbors are noticing issues when people are leaving or, you know, by the train stations, maybe they're beef, you know, maybe the festival is paying more money to have people stationed around to make sure that people are moved safely from Grant Park to the train or to wherever it is they're going, the hotels or whatever. Um, I think that, you know, aldermen and residents want everything on the table. They want some assurances that some of these issues are going to be taken care of. And maybe the best way to do that is to make sure it's baked into the contract. Are you self-conscious about your smile? Do you only allow yourself a closed mouth grin? Well, with Aligner Experts, there's no reason for you to diminish your smile. As orthodontists, they have the privilege of witnessing the remarkable transformation of patient smiles, which often translates into a profound boost in their confidence. Yet, there always seems to be a deterrent. I ain't got the time, I don't have the funds. Luckily, Aligner Experts is redefining convenient and accessible clear aligner solutions. With customizable treatments, transparent pricing, and their cutting edge 3D scanners and dental monitoring technology, you can transform your smile through the convenience of your own schedule. Stop in at their West Loop or Lakeview Clinic today for your complimentary smile assessment. Aligner Experts your destination for advanced clear aligner solutions. P.S. They got another clinic on the way, so stay tuned for their Old Town location. So what's the status of the next Lollapalooza contract renewal? Because am I correct that the 10-year the contract was up? They did a one-year extension. What does that look like right now? And, and who are the people at the table? So it's it's C3 and the Park District and the city, um, whoever from Mayor Lightfoot's office. You know, they have this 
deal that was supposed to end you're right last year 2021 December and they had it expended for one year to the December 2022 I don't think Lollapalooza is going anywhere I don't think that one year extension means it's you know that, that they're going to be gone next year I mean C3 just invested uh, in Chicago public schools to expand arts education over five years we just finished the first year of that five-year commitment. So C3 is signaling it's going to be around in Chicago for a long time. Now the question is, is how long? And do they need the extra year because of the pandemic to really sit down and look at what else they wanted in this contract? I mean, when this was signed in 2012, there was no COVID-19 pandemic. Now they did have in, the, in this current contract, like an act of God clause, which was used to as you know, the reason for the cancellation in person. But you know, maybe you don't have these 10 year contracts because so much can happen in 10 years. Um, in terms of the people at that table, it sounds like it's a pretty close circle. How do the people outside of that community organization, city council, um, you know, CTA, how, how do those stakeholders feel about these negotiations? I spoke with uh, Alderman Sophia King and Alderman Brendan Riley. Both said they had not been there'd been no outreach from the city about the status of these negotiations. Uh, the mayor's office didn't respond to our request for comment. The park district, we sent them, I don't know, six or seven bullet pointed questions about the previous contract, the current negotiations. And all we got back was pretty much like a three sentence statement saying, you know, we're working on it. Um, Alderman King wanted uh, some kind of noise limit on this thing. So you asked me what uh, 87 decibels sounds like. Not 90 decibels sounds like a Boeing 737 or a DC-9 aircraft at one nautical mile above before landing or a power mower or a motorcycle or a newspaper press, oddly enough. So she, she's heard a ton of complaints about noise and she wants uh, Lala held to some kind of standard about how loud they can get. Now, now, C3 has said, you know, we have moved the direction of stages to make it not so bad for neighbors, but a lot of this depends on weather and humidity and wind that could just carry the sound. AD, when we're looking at this, you know, this presence of festivals, when we talk about Chicago in the summer, right, festivals is a big part of that. What does that, what does a potential reimagining of that look like? It's difficult. There have been some folks who say we should have like one dedicated space for big festivals like this. But I, I think that also um, diminishes what Mayor Lori Lightfoot has talked about so much, which is like, the public, people outside of Chicago getting to see all of Chicago um, and having having festivals in every neighborhood so people get to enjoy every neighborhood and those neighborhoods get that big economic impact or at least like just people coming through instead of everything being downtown or at big venues like the United Center or Soldier Field or something like that. Uh, but like Tracy said, there's got to be a balance where the people that live there every day that should be able to access those public parks that those parks get to stay intact and they're not, like Tracy said, cordoned off for a certain amount of time. We can't leave this conversation without talking about what safety precautions look like, right? Last year, there were some concerns that the way negotiations went around COVID vaccines were very lenient towards C3 and Lollapalooza. And I saw videos of, you know, people kind of just moving through the line very briskly. You know, Arwood talked about being in a, in a disguise. It's like, you've been on TV every day. We know who you are. We know who you are. What you talking about? You know, what does that look like this year, Tracy, as we consider we're still in the pandemic? 
you know, uh, we're putting more attention on monkeypox, you know, uh, are, are there any safety precautions going into tomorrow? Well, uh, last year, you know, the city made all the festivals uh, have some sort of protocol of showing uh, their Vax card or the negative COVID test. And C3 admitted in emails that we obtained last year through FOIA that they weren't going to be checking the cards, you know, that closely. And that's what we saw video of is people just kind of flashing something and walking right through. It'll be interesting to see if security is tighter this year because of Highland Park and concerns about, you know, shootings. We've been having them all around the country now, these mass shootings, but there are no COVID restrictions. Basically, the city is saying, if you don't feel well, don't go to Lala. Now, whether or not, you know, people will take that into consideration uh, will be interesting. And, you know, obviously COVID has not gone away. The case numbers are up in, in Chicago. And midway through last year's Lollapalooza is when they started encouraging people that when you're indoors, that you wear your masks. Um, and there are some indoor spots within the festival. Um, I just think if you're going to go, especially, you know, be considerate on the train. Those train cars are packed so much. You definitely probably want to bring a mask for that and bring, you know, bring one just in case you get, you find yourself in an area where you're not comfortable, but there's nobody from the city or the festival who's going to be enforcing that this year. I appreciate y'all full scale coverage, walking me through the history, how people in the neighborhood are feeling and what current uh, status and negotiations are. Tracy Swartz and A.D. Quigg are two of the fantastic reporters from Chicago Tribune. And I appreciate y'all making time for CityCast Chicago. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Before I let you go, a little bit of news, y'all. If you haven't renewed your driver's license or state ID, you still got more time. The deadline has now been extended to December 1st. After seven weeks on strike and multiple road projects halted, construction workers around Chicago have a new three-year union contract. Here's some good news to get you through. Pilsen's annual Fiesta del Sol celebrates its 50th anniversary tomorrow through Sunday. The annual Street Fest highlights and uplifts the cultural and political impact of Chicago's Mexican community with social justice and art expos, music, vendors, and much more. To learn more, check a link in the show notes. As always, for more news, you can subscribe to our daily newsletter at chicago.citycast.fm. Our producer is going to be in the host chair for the rest of the week. I'll talk to you again on Monday. Peace. <laughs>